Welcome to the Toxic Confidence Podcast. All right, you guys, I have Tim here for episode two of the Toxic Confidence Podcast. Tim is, I would say, more than just my strength coach. He's also like my part-time therapist, I feel like, in a way. (laughs) I feel like the best ideas that I have, like, come at the gym, and also my most chaotic ideas I have come at the gym, and, like, Tim has to, like, filter through who I am as a person a lot of the time, but one of the things that I... I guess had commented on or people had commented to me on on Instagram was a that having progress in the gym gives them the most confidence Mm -hmm. and B on the other flip of that people wanting to have more confidence in the gym or the confidence to go to the gym in the first place. So we kind of want to go a little bit into that realm into gym confidence and progress and then obviously flip into what you specialize in, which is strength training and, uh, kinesiology and things yeah. like that cool yeah that sounds awesome that was uh, quite the introduction i love that <laughs> good i'm glad you like that um so i guess we'll start off tim and i started i reached out to tim after my show in the bahamas where i received my pro status i thought my body was good but it could have had a lot more muscle and honestly i think the first thing that tim said to me after doing our first initial session was i don't even know how you have glutes because you train so weak yeah i remember that i just remember leaving that session being like wow she has such a great physique and she just turned pro um but i was like i have so much i can show her yeah which was cool because when you first approached me in the gym, I was like, I was a bit like, Ugh, like I hope I can offer you something to like help you. Like I don't want you to be looking for a trainer and then you pick me and I'm wasting your time because you already know everything based on how you moved and stuff like that because you have great mobility um, with a lot of stuff um, and already a great physique to start with. But yeah, I was like, after the first session, I was like, okay, like I was like, this is gonna work. Like I can show you some stuff. Um, I figured I would learn a little bit from you too, especially when you were talking about Charles and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so funny because yeah, you were lifting so light, so, so light. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. I had actually never lifted heavy before. And honestly, that was one of the things that brought out the most confidence in me as a woman was literally training heavy for the first 100%. time in my life and yep. just having progress by lifting that weight and really just going for it yeah and knowing that you're doing it correctly yeah which sort of plays into the confidence in the gym or lack thereof that a lot of people struggle with is just knowing that when i'm doing something i'm doing it well and i'm making the most of my time in the gym yeah i think that is something i'm gonna start with that then the biggest mistake that i had made in training was probably going to the gym and like just picking random workouts out as I was there, I find that was so, so overwhelming to like keep on track because you just like, it's too much. Like it is overwhelming. And then secondly, I wish I would have met up with like a kinesiologist or a sports therapist or a trainer that had that kind of background to begin with. For sure. Because for me, I had always been told by trainers or coaches wide leg everything and like, heavy eye roll um and it just doesn't work for the mechanics of my body like it it didn't do 
anything and i felt weak in yeah. all of those lifts and that gave me a lack of confidence yeah, in the gym absolutely that's so interesting like and being a relatively new trainer i recognize that i'm in a um fortunate position that we have so much information so much research that a lot of trainers that came before you know they didn't have the but there's also like an element of just common sense and like if you just look at the glutes and how they wrap around the pelvis like sumo stat stuff just doesn't really make sense and i remember um yeah like all your stuff is either single leg or narrow yeah like for all your glute work yeah and it's been tremendous yeah i've had the most amount of progress also by simplifying all of my workouts and just like really sticking to the basics yeah so i gotta ask though like you went pro, you turned pro just going into the gym and winging it like did you have any program yeah no 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 when um my coach for that show like cassie had me on a program oh, for that I as well the yeah, app yeah yeah that you showed me yeah, yeah. okay because um, i was like huh yeah, no, no every sense. every time i've like done a show i've had a coach like write my program yeah. except when um i was with james james would give us like a skeleton yeah. and we could pick the different exercises Which i do like that and too i liked it but i had also come come off of like a very tailored program that like they changed for me all the time to going into that. Like I did find that a little bit overwhelming and I was picking exercises that, you know, I thought these IFBB pros, like that's what they were doing and that was what was working for them. And it did not work for me. Yeah. Cause a lot of, for a lot of IFBB pros, the exercises they do aren't what's necessarily working for them. It's a lot. It's also a big game of the stuff they're putting in their bodies too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd say that, like, that skeleton approach is cool. Like, I run that personally mm-hmm. with my coach. Um, but that's because I'm so particular about movements. I'm so particular about anatomy and, yeah. like, what muscles do, where they sit, and stuff like that. If you're not as particular on that stuff, yeah, it would be totally, like, so overwhelming Yeah, to come in the gym and be trying to sub this exercise in there and know when to hit one on each day so then were your sets and reps at least laid out mm-hmm. okay yeah so you just picked the exercise it was just the exercise mm-hmm. i had to pick yeah and with with james we had to film and show him the first time that we did any sort of that's cool movement so we, cool. he at least like gave us like a baseline of being like okay well you're not going deep enough or the tempo's yeah. wrong on this or this or that yeah. um but still i do wish i would have went in with like a personal trainer that had like a kinesiology background to be like yo this isn't working and also prioritizing warm-ups until we started training together i never warmed up once in my life yeah you just walk in the gym and just get right to it yeah and now i'm like wow like even just doing like a very like minimal like exercise where you're running your hands up the wall and down or anything like that to just like open open things up yeah, right open up space but for i sure. never did that before and also even the other day when we were training the breathing technique that you had showed me yeah i had never done anything like that before and honestly when you first told me to do it i was like this is a fucking joke i know i know <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but to it was, use breathing to increase your range of motion yeah but 
it immediately works. Yeah. So if I'm going to describe this and no one's watching the video, <laughs> you are essentially holding your like thoracic and abs as tight as you can possibly hold them and then breathing in like deeply but shallowly into just your upper like chest cavity just like that and you repeat that like three to five times and honestly your shoulder workout is going to be so (laughs) much better if you do that before you train yeah absolutely yeah it's uh it's just a case of um, it's unconventional. It looks a little bit strange, um, but when it comes to warm ups, I think that if someone's if someone's coming in and they want to access a range of motion that they don't quite have, that's what the warm ups for. You know what I mean? Like the, the warm up is for um, opening up that space so we can load it. Um, and yeah, with that movement in particular, there's like four or five ways to do it. But yeah. Use the obliques um, slash abs to yeah hold the rib cage down while you take air in. Um, but to simplify that even more, actually, if you don't have access to a particular range of motion and you want to improve that, you have to give the body a good reason to let you have access to that. The body has to feel safe in that position. Um, and the body also has to have... Um, some kind of survival mechanism behind why they're allowing you to access that new range. Now, if you're under load getting into a a lengthened position, you will typically access that range better because to get the weight up is some part of a survival mechanism to just get out of there safely. Yeah. Um, And then with that exercise, to breathe, to inhale air is for the purpose of being alive and living. So in that moment, the body would give way for you to be able to take air in and the nervous system will allow you to have access to that range um and yeah that's a technique that we're definitely going to keep using i have more as well um because we use the one for the front of the rib cage Mm -hmm. um i have one for the back of the rib cage that we that we'll do maybe on our next pull day cool um but yeah it's really cool stuff i'm glad you like it yeah it's 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 super (laughs) it's super interesting and like i even for me i notice if i go and do yoga or something like that i do not breathe enough because i'm so focused on just like hitting the positions and coming from a dance and gymnastics background i want to hit positions properly and how like aesthetically instead of just letting it go and letting it flow so i think that is such a great thing to focus on and like building your gym confidence in terms of progressing with weight for sure is the warm-up and is breathing and really just like letting your body accept that space to grow yeah 100 percent. and i think your warm-ups because you've got you you're getting away with not warming up right Mm -hmm. so for you the stupidest thing i could have done would have been to just have you do a bunch of random external rotation drills or a bunch of random hip rotation drills for no reason. Yeah. Um, you are coming in with a goal when you walk in the gym, and that's to create the best stimulus possible to build muscle. Um, and you need the muscles to be able to get to longer lengths under load. So, yeah, I'll warm up sometimes. Sometimes I'll warm up to 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but a lot of times I'll warm up to like three minutes. Yeah. I, I get you to do something to open stuff up and then we'll train and i think that when it comes to gym confidence a big thing for people is not knowing how to prepare for the session yes like we talk about preparing for so many things in life but people go into the gym and 
don't prepare for that session, whether it's their nutrition, whether it's their sleep. But one thing that you can control immediately, because let's say you had a bad sleep and let's say that for whatever reason, your nutrition was off going into the session, your energy might not be there. You can impact your session by your warm up and just warming up properly um, has been huge for me. It's been huge for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, it's like I'm, and there's people that are going to still listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, like I don't need a warm up. And I'm like, no, you do. Like you are the person we're talking about. Like, yeah, everyone should have some kind of structured warm up. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, with that being said, too, like when I go into a warm up now, I think of like one word that I want to like accomplish through the session, because like oftentimes we hear like CEOs or this or that be like, this is what I want to accomplish in the meeting. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Treat your gym session like yeah. that as well. Or Absolutely. how you want to like do your day with work or like give yourself a word and give yourself that moment to just be like, I'm present in this session and yeah. this is what I'm focusing on. And that's it. Absolutely. You nailed it. That's exactly what the warm up should be about. That's exactly what the warm up should be about. And for me, it's like being like, <sighs> Being at least very efficient at building muscle. I'm not going to say necessarily the best, one of the best natural bodybuilders or like even that good of a natural bodybuilder, really. But when it comes to building muscle specifically, mm-hmm. I know how to do that well. Yeah. And I know how to help my clients do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do that a lot of times is going into sessions. Yeah. With an intention and a focus. Intention, Not yeah. going to the gym just for the sake of going to the gym. Um, and that's huge for efficiency and confidence. Um, and yeah, being able to leave the gym knowing that every single moment I spent in there was productive. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, wish they had that. And even if you think of people that are like the New Year's resolutioners, it's like a lot of times, you know, they get made fun of. Um, and sometimes for good reason, because I think that, um, to some extent, it's good to make fun of people a little bit. It helps in life. But I do think that a lot of those people would benefit from going to the gym, knowing why they're doing what they're doing, being able to leave. Because yeah. when they go for a week blindly training, it's like you're, you're going to fall off. Yeah, I think that is like one of the biggest takeaways is know what you want to do beforehand. It's the same thing as like tracking your macros. Like I track my macros for the week usually on like a Sunday and have it done for the entire week. So I don't. You are religious with that. Like it's actually really impressive. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know how you do it, but I respect it so much. (laughs) Well, it just like, it makes it so much easier for me to know ahead of time, like what I'm doing. Like I'll go into a cookbook if I want to like pick the three recipes I want to do for that week. And then I build the rest of my macros like around it. But in terms of speaking of the gym, Mm -hmm. like I said, I find it the most beneficial if I know 100% what I am going into, into that session, and I have that intention. Oh, yeah. And you have the best sessions. You've Mm -hmm. been kicking butt lately. Actually, you've been kicking butt since we started working together. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You've been kicking butt since we started working together. But, like, yeah, especially lately, like, you you definitely now really understand the way I train, Mm -hmm. the way I operate. I don't feel like we spend much time learning each other anymore as yeah. opposed to just, okay, now we're on the same side of the coin and we're learning together. Yes. Like we're not trying to like feel each other out. Yeah. So yeah, training wise, you're really the best training I've seen. Maybe the best in your life probably. Yes, I, I would agree. And I find that that is something that 
people should also think about when they're looking for a trainer or a coach or mainly we're talking about training. So if you're picking like a trainer and you're like picking someone that's like off Instagram and they do all these tons of crazy different exercises that might not be the best for you because some of those exercises are very hard and more so of like a test on flexibility, I feel like than they are on lifting the weight itself. And I feel like that can lead to a lack of confidence in the gym because you don't feel as successful with the program. So just like sticking to the basics super basic exercises like yeah we barely do anything that fancy no like i think the fanciest like most extravagant movement you have in your whole program might be a cable y raise for lateral yeah. raises. like or that the or the it. or the lap pull down where oh which where, one where i'm on my kneeling lap the kneeling pull down. one sure yeah that you know what i'll give you that that is probably like as fancy as it gets yeah everything else is basics super Step basic ups, squats um, leg press, hamstring curl, lunge, yeah, like shoulder press, yeah. Like, and I've had the most success being able to go into that those workouts, knowing exactly what the <laughs> setup is going to be, and yeah. just being stronger than yeah. the week before. Like that yeah. is my priority, and that's like where I found like the most success. Is this the strongest you've ever been? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. It's actually so, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Because I would, like, before Tim and I started, I would do, like, a Romanian deadlift with, like, 20 pounds max, and now I yeah. do, like, 55s. Yeah, dude. Like, it's absolutely nuts. And you were doing, like, four sets of everything before? Yeah, like, yeah, four. Four, right? And then now it's, like, you have weeks where you do one. Yeah. And still progress. Yes. That's another thing. I've taken down the training frequency so much, and I honestly do love that. Oh, 100%. Love that a lot. That was a style that Charles had taught me when I had learned from him was like two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off, yeah. and you end up only training like four, four, sometimes five days a week, depending yeah. on the week. But you were like destroying those sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. That's why, that's why it works. Exactly. Um, speaking in terms of just habits and people going into the gym as first timers. I know this might sound ridiculous, but my dad had said something to me and he said, have you heard of the guy that just, he just shows up at the gym every single day because he's not ready to put in, like he he doesn't know how to build the program yet. And Mm -hmm. he's not have that in his routine Mm -hmm. yet. So that was something that I was like, I think that'd be a great like takeaway for people that are just getting into the gym the first time. You don't even need to go and do the workout yet. Just like plan a time every single day that you're going to go to the gym. Maybe you just stretch. Maybe you just you know, walk on the treadmill. Yeah. You don't have to pick up the weights yet if it's no. overwhelming, but just build that habit yeah. that be, you be want to be there and be though. intentional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, that doesn't sound ridiculous at all. Because like, like we, we walk in the gym and we're like, yeah, let's build as much muscle as possible. But not everyone has that goal. No, some people just want to like feel good. Yeah. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum is some people just want to move freely and like let's say be pain free or something yeah so yeah absolutely just going in and just showing up um but having something like a word or whatever yes something 
when you're going in. Like, if I'm just going in and I'm going to be on the elliptical, I'm going to be on the elliptical because that's what I came in to do today. Yeah. Not because I wanted to hit legs, but I was kind of lazy. And then I no. walked around and didn't yes. know what to do. Like, yes. I've done that where I have sessions where I'm like, well, I want to do this, but I'm not really feeling it. And then I do something else and it completely ruins the rest of my day yeah, because dude. the intention was to do the first thing. Exactly. So even if you go, don't go and do that first thing, but your intention was to do it and just be present, be like, this is the thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> I feel like that is going to be more successful for you because we're task driven people. So if you're going in and you can mentally be like, okay, that was the thing I had planned on going to do. I'm present in my intention with doing that. And now I'm going to leave. Yeah. I feel like that is going to set your brain up for success much better than going in, doing a bunch of random things and then not knowing what you did. 100%. You nailed it. Yeah. I definitely hope. um, Yeah. I hope beginners are able to hear that and yeah find some solace in that um and also find a bit of comfort in that not knowing that you have to have everything figured out no you you don't have to have anything figured out i started training from an extremely young age and i also started tell me more about that actually i actually don't know your (laughs) my background you're like coming into lifting story everyone has one whether it's sports or you got bullied or whatever but like what was yours okay well i uh Wow, I've never been asked like a question on my end, so I'm, I'm excited to get into it. So I started training for gymnastics at a competitive level when I was five. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I trained from five till 13 as a competitive gymnast. I qualified nationally. I was very, very good. Um, I got asked to go and do Cirque du Soleil. Wow. Um, and then I also started dancing at that age because our gymnastics coach was very strict and she wanted very good feet in all of our routines. So we had a ballet instructor from the time I was like six as well. And then I was doing both dance and gymnastics at the same time for a little bit, but it was too much. So after I actually talked about this on one of the very first episode after I got bullied by a kid in swimming lessons for having an eight pack and looking like a boy I actually retired from gymnastics and then just went into dance full time Mm. um and from there I think I started like kind of going to the gym when I was like 16 17 I had a boyfriend that was older and like was into the gym but I did like the wrong way I was drinking like three protein shakes a day like only training like legs and cardio and abs and i just it wasn't the greatest how old are you at this point sorry uh 16 17 okay so i wasn't like lifting with purpose i was just lifting because my boyfriend thought it was cool so i did it um and then my dad bought me a program from ryan hughes the owner of ghost like ghost like the supplement company yeah Oh, wow. So Ryan Hughes used to be a huge online coach. I don't know if he does anymore, but he was massive in the online uh, fitness space. And I started doing his program and it was like six days a week. It was it was challenging. He had three different versions, like a beginner or whatever in intermediate. My dad gave me like a binder of everything printed out and I would just follow the workouts. What a champ your dad is. (laughs) My mom and dad were also like big advocates for fitness. Like my parents were like stretching me in the crib from the time I was like, child i'm sure yeah. um my so mom, they, they valued it definitely. yeah my parents both played sports um both active in the gym yeah yeah 
Um, That's cool. And then I took, like, I felt like a little bit of a break when I was just dancing um, again, full time go go dancing and stuff. And like when you go go dance and you're in, you have an extremely inflated ego because you're up on stage and people are literally just watching you all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have a fit hot body. I don't really need the gym, whatever, this and this. And then Cody Drobot um, had told me that I had a good shape and said, you should go and do a show. So I had hired Dustin Kosman at the time to do my first show. I think I was, it was 2015. I did my first show. Is he a pro bodybuilder? He passed away, but no, he wasn't uh, a pro. He's national level bodybuilder, but I don't think he ever went pro. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was a coach of mine and then time alone was a coach of mine. And he was the first person that introduced me to macro dieting time alone. Yeah. Who's that? So he used Canadian? to, yeah, he's Canadian. Cool. Yeah. He lives in Spain now. He does Forex trading. He doesn't do anything with like the personal training anymore, but he was a great coach and he was one of the like more so pioneers in Canada of macro dieting. That's awesome. Yeah. So I learned macros back in 2015, but honestly, like speaking of progression, I did not finally start working out properly. Like I feel like until a couple years ago or even after I did my, my courses with Charles, which was in 2019. So 2019 is when I really was like, Oh shit, I'm going to take my fitness a bit more seriously. And I started also having clients in, um, personal training and stuff as well. Took metabolic analytics, strength program design, and, um, a couple other courses of Charles's that were really, really great. I learned yeah. so freaking much. But Sounds fancy. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were interesting. A lot of stuff to deal with, like, the hormones and which if hormones are off, which spot in your body you're going to accumulate fat and things like that as well. No. And then advanced program design. So the programs were very hard, two days on, one day off. And he was very much an advocate for, like, the keto diet or like Mm. a very high protein diet and then on your rest days doubling doubling up your calories and eating them in carbs yeah having more carbs on that rest day yeah but only on your rest day so for a while that was like the the type of dieting that i followed as well it's like an extreme carb cycle extreme carb cycle yeah and then i did a show with Atlas in 2019 as well. And then, yeah, it wasn't until last year, 2022, I went into the WBFF. But yeah, I've done like Lane Norton's nutrition course and all that kind of stuff as well, too. So I've always like been in the fitness space. I actually went to two different parts of university, three actually. I went for personal training at Nate, dropped out because I didn't like it. That's N A I T? Yeah. Where is that? In Alberta. Okay. In Edmonton, yeah. Okay. Did the personal training program there, dropped out because I didn't love it. Um, ended up finishing it online, though. Mm-hmm. Went to McEwen because I wanted to do um, biomedical engineering, actually. So I started in massage therapy because I needed the credits for that. So I've done a lot of, like, random school all over yeah. the place in the health and fitness space as well, just cool, for though. the sake of it. That's really cool. Yeah. Dang. That's a cool story. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I had no idea about the background, but also sound like you worked with some like heavy hitters in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because even the names, it's like I can't quite put a face to all of them, but it's like as soon as you say them, I'm like, yo, like 
that just reminds me of like early 2010 like fitness industry vibe mm-hmm. um which is really cool because yeah. i wasn't really in it at that point i came after that yeah so i missed that whole thing yeah but like looking back and seeing some of the videos on youtube of people like demoing exercises or like saying go wide stance on leg press to hit your hamstrings mm-hmm. and like there's a bunch of bro science that we used to believe uh i came after all that so i look at it and i'm like this is so insane but i'm like these guys also were huge pioneers for the game, especially for uh, competitions. But oh, yeah. it seems that competing has become so popular lately. Yeah, that's like something I feel like we could, we could touch on here too. Competing is a blessing if you have the mindset for it yeah. and the support and the capacity to put in that kind of work. It is a full-time job doing a competition prep. And I feel a lot of people just do it as a, I want to do it for fun or something on like their box of things that they want to tick off. I personally do not recommend competing as a box of things to tick off. I had crazy bad body dysmorphia after my CPA shows to a point where I thought when I did my show, most recently and the one before I was not lean enough. I thought mm-hmm. I did not look how I should, which is crazy. Insane. If you want to do like just a, Oh, hold on. If you want to do something for yourself and you want to hit that goal, do a photo shoot. Yeah, for sure. Plan a vacation, do something like that. But I personally, from the experience that I've had, like mentally, mm-hmm. Obviously, WBFF has been a completely different story for me. If you want to do a WBFF show, I do think mentally it's not the same strain as getting down to that crazy leanness that I had to in other shows. Yeah, for sure. So I still felt more normal Mm -hmm. in a day-to-day basis, and I still felt like I could accomplish other tasks. Mm -hmm. But the cost of WBFF is uh, higher than CPA for sure. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree, um, which is, yeah, which is part of why I asked that question, like, of, like, well, why did you get into it? And uh, um, it seems like that's why I said it was a cool story, because it seemed like it was very organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the best way you should get into competing. Yeah. Um, oftentimes we have that person that's like, hey, you look kind of good. You should do a show. That, like, I had that, too. Yeah. And that, that guy actually is my coach now. Eric Donnell. Um, but yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. Like competing is very, very challenging um, in so many ways. Yep. And I think that most people know it's difficult. Like, and this is actually something I find a bit um, sort of redundant is I'll see, I'll see coaches or even athletes that have competed a few times. And I haven't done that many shows. Um, I think this will be number four for me. Um, but they'll constantly sort of discourage people, right? Like, oh, this is so hard. Like, competing is too hard for you. Like, you can do it, but I'm one of the people that can do it. Yeah. I think that how you framed it is a lot better is competing is very difficult in a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think where people um, suffer, especially like with the body dysmorphia, for example, because I dealt with that for a while, still do, like we always will, almost, Um, eating disorders, things like that, um, is because it's difficult in ways we didn't 
anticipate. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. I know that training is going to be hard. I know I'm going to get tired. I know that, I, you know, I might get a bit cranky. Um, I sort of expect all that. But I, let's say, didn't expect that anytime I go to a restaurant now, I'm going to check my fitness pal. I didn't expect to leave competing with that. Or anytime I take my shirt off, I have to be like six weeks out condition or less. And I didn't expect that. Um, and that's why I think it really screws people up. So yeah. like, if you are going to compete, yeah, you should definitely be 100% sure you want to do it and do it for the right reasons. But you should actually also be very open to challenges that are not going to be predictable. Yeah. And you have to be able to adapt. Yeah. And I think that's what really changes preps. Like for me, at least in my most recent prep was like being able to adapt. Like, yeah. And a lot of times you feel like, okay, I have this game plan for my coach. I have my nutrition outlined. I have my training outlined. What could go wrong? And that's exactly it. I feel like a lot of people do it because they're like, I love structure. This is for me. Okay, that's great. You love structure and say you get stuck in traffic and you can't eat that meal that you've timed out at the same time. It actually like... You're, you're like distraught, yeah, you like know? Yeah, ruin your day. It's absolutely hilarious how crazy we get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And um, another thing people don't anticipate is health complications. Yes. Even the natural stream. Like you don't have to be on drugs to run into issues. Or working so hard and even just like spraining an ankle or something like that. Or like your friends invite you out to go snowboarding and you're like well, is it worth the risk, you know, like injuring myself. So there's a ton of things that like people don't think about when it comes to a prep. Um, And you have to be able to adapt. Yeah, you you have to be adaptable. I think that is the biggest thing. Did you ever have gym anxiety? Uh, Gym anxiety. Gym anxiety. (laughs) Kilo. Kilo definitely didn't have gym anxiety. No, Kilo's um, a tough boy. Yeah. Gym anxiety. Let me think. You know what? I can't say that I did. No? No. I was very fortunate in that regard. And you know what? That's actually a really good thing that you asked me that. Because maybe I don't take that into consideration with all of my clients. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. is. I had, like, zero gym anxiety in my entire journey. Um, but not everyone's not everyone's story is like that. No. And, yeah, that's something I should definitely think about more, especially with how busy I'm getting now, like, mm-hmm. meeting new people and new people wanting to work with me, um, is, yeah, like, the actual psychological aspect of training. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like gym anxiety is such a big thing and also not talked about enough and also the fact that i think the biggest thing is people are worried that other people are looking at them or judging them if i'm if i'm going to be honest i don't think anyone that's actually going into the gym that's trying to better themselves is going to care what you are doing yeah that's most people yes yeah for sure i agree um yeah i definitely agree i think I don't want to speculate because I'm actually going to think more about that now that you asked me it. But um, I think definitely part of the lack of gym anxiety, let's say, that I experienced was because I was so focused on a goal. Like, I remember I started training after a breakup and I was or like amidst a breakup and I was uh, sort of out of shape, but I had 
like I always had like okay genetics to have muscle. <laughs> yeah. I was just like uh, sort of like a Michelin Michelin man. Like I was just soft, but like my shoulders were kind of round. Yeah. Um. So my goal was just to get lean, and I would go to the gym not knowing anything really. But I was like, I know that to get lean, I should eat a lot of protein. Mm-hmm. lift heavy weights and move around a lot yeah so yeah that, that i gotta want to say but then that's the thing is we talked about this earlier is be intentional yes because that's gonna eliminate at least it did for me eliminate a lot of anxiety yeah it's like going in with just at least an idea you don't have to have a full plan but just an idea yeah i didn't have a training program for like my first two years first three years of working out actually and i've only been lifting for five years like, more than half of it, I didn't have a plan. Did you always know that you wanted to go to school to do this? No. Really? Oh, my gosh. That's that's such a funny story. Because when I talk to people at the gym and how passionate I am You're about so this. You're so passionate and so <laughs> sure of yourself and yeah. so great at putting together a program. I would think that this is, like, yeah. your blood, sweat, and tears, what you wanted to do. Yeah, no. And I think a lot of people assume that. But what originally happened was... So, my parents are Nigerian. Um, yeah, like a lot of Nigerian immigrants, um, the expectation is that their children make something out of themselves, right? Because they've yeah. come from they've come from Nigeria to Canada, UK, uh, New Zealand, America, whatever, um, for a better life, right? So uh, that's the expectation. So I always knew that. Okay, well, if I can't be a lot of things in life. I should at least be able to make six figures. That was just like, since I was like 12 years old, I was mm-hmm. like, my parents will probably be proud of me if I can make six figures doing anything. Yeah. Um, and you grow up and you realize that how much you make isn't the most important thing about your character, but at a young age, you don't know that. And also you don't really have a good concept of what six figures looks like, but yeah. I just knew that the jobs that made that were people that were extremely competent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I should just become very competent. And I finished high school, not the best grades. Um, I really wasn't into school anymore. All, all elementary school, I was like a straight A student, mm-hmm. um, super nerd. And then yeah, high school, I'd moved around a lot. So the last move kind of, yeah, it kind of kicked my butt um, moving halfway through high school. And then, yeah, I went to university and actually did computer science for two years. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I know. So I was like, I liked computers, but not that much. No. I was just like, "Eh, it seems like a lot of people in this field, in the tech field, um, make money. Make make money. My parents will be proud of me if I just make some money. Um, And at the time, also, like, so my mom's a physiotherapist. My dad is an anesthetist, so he's a physician, and um, they've obviously done very well for themselves. Um, But typically in the health field you don't really, you don't always, I should say, um, make a good living with just a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Like my dad had to go to med school. Yeah. My mom had to at least get a master's and I think she has two master's degrees. Yeah. Um, so going, so when I was wanting to switch to kinesiology, my parents were honestly way more supportive than they needed to be surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, when I said I wanted to get a kinesiology degree and then I sort of looked up what the average kinesiologist makes and their, uh, their ceiling, I was like, 
this is crazy like that my parents are actually supporting me doing this but they did and I love them for that and uh, yeah I, I, in my second year around the time I'd gone through that breakup and started lifting a little bit I was like hmm, maybe I could um, take that sort of analytical approach in computer science with programming in that sense and apply it to the human body so then I switched um I switched at like 1am on my laptop like at the university I went to you just change majors on your computer you don't have to go talk to someone or anything wow so it was like 1am I was like yeah I'm gonna switch majors um and then yeah I started taking all the biology and stuff like that and I became yeah I became so passionate about it yeah um and yeah to this day like you can ask my wife like I literally spend most of my free time trying to learn more about uh, human performance and how not only can I get the best out of training and mobility and being pain-free, but also make sure my clients can. And now, I'm, yeah, I've fulfilled my sort of goal of wanting to make my parents proud yeah. whilst also doing um, something, something that I you're enjoy. passionate about. So I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I don't consider myself lucky because I did re- work really hard to get to where I'm at. Yeah. But yeah, very, very fortunate, very, very blessed. Um, and yeah, God's been really, really good to me in that sense. Um but yeah, no, computer science to start. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to have heard your story and been able to share it with people as well. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, do you think in terms of, you know, getting lucky or this or that, that genetics play a huge part when it comes to, obviously, looks? I know so many people that reach out to me in particular and they're like i want to look just like you well you can't you you can't can't look like anybody else but the best version of yourself well said that's a that's an instagram reel right there right there awesome um (laughs) yeah i think that genetics play a massive role in this whole game like it's just the way it is right like even if we look at dna and how unique it is um, of course, genetics are going to play a huge role in anything to do with human performance. Like even how intelligent a lot of people are, um, there's a genetic component to that or how long you live or how health- healthy you'll be. But I think it's not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of people sell themselves short by saying, oh, my genetics aren't this and my genetics aren't that. There's always going to be someone with better genetics than you. And there's always going to be someone with, with worse genetics than you. Um so, like, for you and me, if someone was to um, sort of take away our progress and say, well, you guys have great genetics, it's like, well, yeah, but there's guys and girls who have better better genetics. Yeah. And then there's people with genetics that aren't as good as ours, and we recognize that. But I really think that the way you framed it in, sense, in the sense of maximizing your potential mm-hmm. um, is really all your focus should be. Because then we don't really get into these conversations of, well, how much of your progress is down to your genetics or your training yeah. or your diet? It doesn't matter. And then we can also take out that point of comparison because exactly. that's that's such a huge thing, right? Especially with social media, people compare themselves to everyone else. Yeah. And that's another reason that people get not confident in their progress or 100%. don't feel good about going to the gym because they don't look like X, Y, Z. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter. Are you fulfilling your goal and if you are fulfilling your goal and being the best version of you that you can be i think that's that's confidence that's progress that's everything you need right there absolutely and i also think that uh um that best version of you is always an ideal 
that will forever chase and not not reach per se um but at least at least having an ideal or having an aim yeah is key i agree yeah but yeah the, the having an aim is key um in every aspect of life but also yeah. in the gym um having an ideal to work towards and um, making sure that, yeah, you chase the best version of you. What I will say, though, is that, and I don't know if you've ever been like this, but I was like this from the very beginning. Um, and I I kind of screwed it up at some point, but I think I'm a little bit more mature now. I used to take some of the best, best physiques I would ever see, and then I would compare myself to them, mm-hmm. but not in a way where I would, like, put myself down all the time. I would actually just be like, wow, there's people that can do that okay, let's see what I can do. Yeah. And I think that that's like... That's such a positive mindset around that, though. That's a positive way yeah. to sort of look at... Because we want to appreciate when other human beings do things exceptionally well. Right? Yeah, That's how 100%. we're wired, right? Um, and being able to appreciate those things without putting yourself down, I think, is key. And where I say I screwed up is that I eventually started comparing myself to guys that were all on gear. Yeah. So that was dumb, right? Yeah, yeah. But like maturing now I sort of look at other top natural bodybuilders and I'm like wow that guy got there like let's see what I can do and anytime I put a ceiling on myself I'll surpass it and I'm like okay like I should probably stop putting ceilings on myself and I should see where I can get to and yeah I think my physique right now um speaks volume and yeah like at least for a natural um bodybuilder i honestly never thought i would look how i do now Mm -hmm. which is a good feeling yeah it's a great feeling like you said it's confidence right progress in any way shape or form and especially in the gym just creates so much confidence so if you are getting in there now if you're just starting now or if you're in there and you are still doing it try and work out with an intention yeah that's the main takeaway for sure is have intention yeah. Well, thank you, Tim. And also, um, if anybody wants to, you know, do a session with Tim, <laughs> I'll link all of his details in the show notes. And as well, we are going to be putting up a couple of my programs that we've done together and filming them just so you guys have an idea of a really great, strong baseline program with video so you can see proper form and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for coming on the Toxic Confidence Podcast. <laughs> awesome.